Hi. Hi. Um, How's it going? Welcome. Good. Thank you for doing all of this. I'm learning a lot. I'm quite awesome. new. stuff, but it's cool. Beautiful. Well, I'm happy you're here. Thanks. Um, I think the question that I have, or like the 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 what I would like to bring to you, is a combination between the stories I tell about myself and your question just now. Um, what? Yeah. What is it? What is the feeling that you don't want to feel, or the emotion that you don't want to feel? And for me, it's very much the positive feelings about myself, um, which connects to the stories that I tell about myself, which are people think I'm cringe and um, other people don't wish me well. And this is mainly about people in my past. And I have a real hard, I have a real, I have a very hard time to to progress from that even though i know that you know the the need for approval or forgiveness from people of my past goes back to me being able to forgive and approve of myself but that directly goes back into one of these like core traumas that i was never good enough and i did everything wrong which comes back from my parents. So I'm a bit stuck in how I can change that loop. And I bet, you know, like people that I talk to, also I do a lot of somatic body work, which I think is incredible because I have chronic pain. Um, They say like at the end of the cycle, there is um, that you need to accept that when you know better, you do better. And you did as well as you could at the time. But for me, somehow, that's not good enough. There's still a voice in my head, but not you. You should have known better at the time. And yeah, it's holding me back. For sure. In new relationships, you know, in moving on. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's so nice to meet you. And um, you're vulnerability and honesty is really inspiring um first and foremost um there's a there's a real tenderness about you which is really special and awesome and really warm um you know it's interesting like i have a similar uh experience so my this check out how uh by the way when we do we do trauma-informed work right so we 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 like to like we we take things super seriously but we also like around here anyway bring levity and humor to things and sometimes because trauma form we it's a little dark side humor too sometimes just just so we're clear about that but you just kind of get into the the culture here and stuff like that right um but so what i'm about to say is 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 through humorous lens okay so i know you're in a tender state but what this is this is some of say through humorous lens it's amazing what my nervous system will do to um not feel grief and um like it will do some shit <laughs> it will it will i my nervous system will do some shit not feel grief example okay exhibit a okay so when i was born my mom had a broken back and because of that it took her away from me uh for like almost the first 10 years of like 12 years of my life right and with that my father was a very preoccupied scientist 
I had so much neglect, not like intentional neglect, like I grew up with everything I needed, but emotional neglect, right? And it wasn't because my parents were bad or addicts or whatever. They were just not available and preoccupied, right? I discovered five or 10 years ago, a part of me that thought if I could have just been there when she broke her back, then it would be okay, which was 14 years before I was born. Literally impossible, right? And that part of me says, I never got a chance. I don't, I never got a chance. I never got a chance. Never got a chance. That's so not aligned with anything that could be possible. Like there's a part of me that wishes so much. If I could have just been there, what would have happened, right? Now, why do I have that story, right? Where did that come from? Because if I had been there, what would have happened? Well, my mom would have been there. She would have been there with me. She would have been present with me, right? And so the the I, everyone but me, right? Could the, the, you know, I I should have known better. Well, why should you have known better? What would have knowing better given you? If you had yeah. known better, then then what? What's the payoff for knowing better? I come I come from a very close knitted society. Well, I, I, hold on, I'm gonna keep you right on a knife's edge right now, okay? If you let's just go back to that statement, right? If you know better, you do better, but not me. I should have known better. So yeah. let's pretend we can use our imagination to pretend. If you had known better, what would have been different? I think I would have kept a lot of like friendships and relationships. I would have done much better as um at a at 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 a job that I did. Um yeah. So you would have had more relational closeness. I have I've had this like inability to regulate frustration. And I was in a very high power job. And at some point that there's a balance, you know, where you just lost all social capital. And mainly because you're just unable. I wasn't even aware of of it, you know, as well as in relationships when I was younger. Like I, because I've had a similar issue. So my mom died when I was young and my father was just completely withdrawn. So a bit of a feral kid, you know, you just have zero um, idea of how society works. And because there was a lot of shouting and et cetera in our house, aggression, violence, I didn't know what was normal. So so in that age of 18 to 25, like at some points I was doing really well because I was copying as well as I could, you know, really checking in with what was okay with society and how to thrive. And I got really good at it in different ways. But then there was always like this big bam of like where everything fell through, where I couldn't hold up my mask anymore. And the last one was a year ago, and it's all combined with my with this chronic pain that I was also not able to manage. Um, but I really would like to not have another one. You know? Did you hear what you just said? That's like that's like that is like going to be that is like your medicine. What you just said. That I don't want to have another one before that. Here's your medicine. I'm not able to manage that right now. Yeah. That's actually an assertion, a setting of a boundary. I don't have capacity for that. 
Yeah. I need you to have more capacity. I don't have that capacity. Follow this thread for a second. If you had known better, you would have more closeness. Do you see that? Yeah. And if you could have asserted what you really needed, you could have also had more closeness. But you find closeness through taking on burden. Versus finding closeness from being known for who you really are. There's different ways. You can just pile shit onto somebody. Let me go. I got it. I got it. All right, guys, let's go. That's one way to do it, right? Like, does that make sense? You know what a Sherpa is? Yeah. Right? Right? So it's like, you're like, it's like, you only be, a Sherpa can't take everybody. It's like a couple people, right? On the journey, right? And they can't always just be a Sherpa. They probably take, I'm sure Sherpas have days off too. Have to. Right. So it's like, but like at some point there's, you're carrying too much and people will love you if you can help them carry their stuff. Right. Oh yeah. It's great. But what about when you need something? Are you good at being close and speaking up about what you need? Yeah. No, probably. Depends, I guess. Yeah. Probably on how much the relationship means to you. Yeah, and and on top, like I was very, you know, the, my identity was so much the success because that was how I would get any kind of attention, you know, in the exactly. first place. So everything was connected to how to be as successful as possible, um, which I've unlayered. Like I've been doing a year of unlayering, so I feel like there's more and more clarity. Um, but who are you when you're not helping someone? Um, I need to be loved for sure. You know, that's that's super important. Does let that me give sense? you. It does, and let me help you understand something that that might make sense too. So, in the work that we do, we are very aware that the part of you that's asking a question. And the part of you that's answering a question are not always the same part. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So I just said something. Who are you if you can't help someone? And your answer was really beautiful and super sneaky. You said, you said, well, I need to be loved. That's not an answer to my question. That's a, that's a, that's a aha moment. That says, I haven't been loved if I'm not needed. But the question is, who are you if you can't help someone? Do you need to be loved? Yes. But if you can't actually help, what does that mean? Where's your value? If I cannot help, I think I'm... I think I'm quite okay when I cannot help. Like that boundaries up. It comes also from a very nasty angle. Like I can be very judgmental um, about who deserves my help, which is a whole different kind of pattern. But so today, not my, my question. Yeah, I think that who am you I? You must be right on a blind now? spot because you keep not answering my question. 
<laughs> I think, but I think who I am is like I'm someone who's learning right now a lot. So right now, but that's not my question either. Who am I? You are. You got some evasive maneuvers going on over here. <laughs> oh, and I really don't. I really don't know the answer. Who am I? I'm when I'm not helping. If you can't help someone, who are you? Yeah. To? Let's see. Really, when you really care about someone, and we talk about maybe your family of origin or people that are close to you, right? If you can't help them, who are you to them? Not now. Who were you to them? What was the fear? Right? Let me give you a hint. <laughs> okay. I have a guess, which is not necessarily accurate, but it's a guess. Okay. That if you can't help someone, you probably feel like they're not going to be around. I think that is it from the helping. I think that for sure, if I don't don't do everything according to them, they will leave. Do you know what I mean? I wouldn't say if it's necessarily the helping thing, even though I have been like always facilitating for my sisters and blah blah. blah. What if we made, what if we changed it? What if we changed the yeah. word? Let's change the word. What if you what if, if when you're not agreeable? When you don't just yeah. go along with things. Yeah. If I don't meet other people's expectations. There we go. Fit. Yeah. That's We're, it's the same I'm, thing. Different words. Same thing. Yeah. But we found better yeah. words for you. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't meet other people's expectations, you know, in first conversation, I always try to facilitate and try to mirror and try to, and it's very automatic. Um, and it's, it's holding me back, obviously, because I sense and they sense that it's not authentic, you know? Yeah. But so, I also so, feel like. So if to, you're not agreeable. Yeah. You're alone. Yeah. A big. Pause. Pause. Pause right there. Take this in. If you're not agreeable, you're alone. Yeah. And to be agreeable to somebody else at the expense of what you need, that is the grief. Yeah, I've never felt except that for who I am from exactly. a very early age. But if you could just figure it out, then maybe you would. If you were just a little bit smarter and everybody else can know better and do better, but not me because I'm so alone, being so agreeable. Yeah. Why can't it just work out? I'm agreeing with everybody. Why isn't it working? Because you're yeah. missing yourself. Right? The, 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 the way to think of it, the languaging for that is you learn that when you're needless, you're needed. When you're needless, you're loved. When you're needless, when you don't have needs and you just go along, that's what works. And there are a lot of people that be like, great, you agree with everything I think? Awesome. Yeah, I think I've always scared people because I'm Dutch. I'm like pretty straightforward. Like, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I only know that because of Ted Lasso, by the way. Sorry? There's a show called Ted Lasso. And the only reason I even know that that's a thing is because of that show. Ted oh, Lasso. really? Yeah. Uh, There's this one character on the show that's Dutch and he just says the most intense shit. 
and like he's Dutch. And they're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so that that's the only reason why I know that even it's thing. it's really true. Like I've been dating someone from the UK for seven years, and it's been a challenge in their respect. Well, the opposite of that. Yeah, which is great, right? It's synergy. It's learning. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, I've always been. I guess people are always really surprised that I seem very one way at first, and then. Yeah, anyone would be surprised because you change the rules versus yeah. being straight up front. But it's because the true me, you know, I feel like is not lovable. Exactly. You know? That gets down to your positive feelings about yourself, right? So who I am is not lovable. So I will minimize myself and be agreeable to be lovable. Mm-hmm. Versus I am a person who has wants and needs and desires that are valid. And it's normal for me to have people in my life who want me to have what I want. And how do you validate that over, you know, I don't deserve love, I hate myself, um, you know, all the things that we just talked about. Well, which... it, it's, it's, it's th- those are experiences that you've had, right? So when you say, I don't deserve love, I hate myself, those are based on ex- actual experiences that you've had. What we want to work on through this, through this lens of self-regulation is the grief associated with not getting your needs met and making that more able for your system to comprehend and have capacity to regulate through. Because in order to create relationships that meet your needs, we have to let go of the relationships that don't. And that creates a void. And there's a loss that has to be acknowledged. Right? And we will do many things to avoid that loss. Right. So Mm -hmm. the goal is to be okay not being okay. If you can be okay not being okay, you can have anything you want. I don't mean dissociate. I don't mean push away. I mean, I'm in this grief and this grief is here right now. And I have never had my needs met in a relationship. And I'm going to create a nervous system that has the capacity to own that, to acknowledge that, to befriend that, to know what to do, to help get my needs met and to put myself in a better state, right? And then start to recruit relationships. I think we have a whole module on how to build healthy relationships, right? We need to create a new identity of who you are and we want to create new relationships that support you asserting yourself, you and your grief, you expressing your excitement, being direct and candid. Nobody can be in my life. I'm not Dutch, but I am super candid. And there is nobody that could be close to me that can't handle that, right? Because I'm just going to tell you how it is, even if it's wrong. <laughs> that's also very Dutch. <laughs> you do that a lot. Yeah. So does that make sense? It does. Yes. Yeah. That's what we get to work on through the rest of the boot camp is that, that dynamic. Awesome. Then I'm in the right place. You're absolutely in the right place. And I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you so Beautiful. much. Beautiful. Welcome. Good. Did she just tell me to carry on? I think she just told me to carry on. Like, carry on with your coaching call there, buddy. That's really funny. Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world 
if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this and hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world. And I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, would very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.